I'm Grigori Carpin from Simply Creative People, the podcast where we discuss GOIs, canons, and stories from the SCP Wiki. And we try to recommend things for all fans of the Wiki, new and old. Look for us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. Visit the show page at anchor.fm slash simply-creative-people. Or follow us on Twitter at S-I-M-C-R-E-A-T. I'm Kelsey. I'm Cassie. And I'm Nolan from SCP Weekly. We bring you news from on-site and off-site. And we share your love for the creative community that surrounds the SCP Wiki. Join us on Tuesdays for new episodes, wherever you listen to podcasts, or on YouTube at SCP Weekly. The file you are about to hear has been thoroughly scrutinized by the Ethics Committee and approved by the O5 Council for release to trusted associates of the Foundation. This is SCP Unredacted. The post-shift nausea was worse than it usually was. Once the dizziness fell to a more manageable level, I actually had to take a step back and vomit for the first time in years. I was numbly aware that I'd appeared in a town of some kind, but it wasn't until my last dry heave into a trash bin that I noticed I hadn't heard a single car drive by, nor any footsteps. I turned around, but at the time, I wish I hadn't. I recognized the town I was in. Every pothole in the road, every imperfect brick on the brick-and-mortar store was forever etched into my mind from whenever I looked through the small window of my room in St. Christopher's. But it was all wrong. Cars were abandoned, windows smashed, decals caked in months' worth of bird shit. The post office looked like it had been bombed from the inside and there was graffiti sprayed all over the scorch marks on the sidewalk that made my head hurt and fill with a loud cawing. I had to keep moving after that. Whatever happened, the cause of it didn't want me here. On the horizon, resting on a small hill infested with overgrown weeds and grass, I could see the faded Gothic architecture of St. Christopher's Mental Institution. Besides the rustling scaffolding of an abandoned renovation and the lack of a western tower, it looked exactly the same as it did back in my old home. There wasn't a single smashed window or dropping on it. And, more importantly, unlike the rest of the buildings in the town, the lights were on. If there was any place to get some answers on what happened in this universe, as much as I hated my former cage, the asylum was my safest bet. In the next few minutes, it was like my body was on autopilot. I weaved past the remains of shopping carts, burned out police vehicles, decaying roadblocks, and just when my gloved hand just grasped onto the bars of the gate, a hissing sound stopped me cold. Of anything I expected to see when I jerked my head, a goose with a collar charging straight at me wasn't one of them. I quickly backed away my hands instinctively traveling to my holster, the peeved bird baring its teeth at me as a series of raspy honks flooded from its beak. Even stranger, those hellish sounds were accompanied by a synthesized voice that emanated from the collar. Hey, you! Fuck off out of here, bitch! My hand froze, the whole scene leaving me confused for the first time in months. 
Just as suddenly, the goose paused, closed its beak, and took a small breath. It glanced up at me. I swear if birds had the facial muscles to pull it off, I'd say that it looked embarrassed. Brushing its face with one of its wings, the voice came back, quietly this time. Ah, shit, I'm really sorry about that. It drawled as apologetically as its artificial intonation could. Territorial instincts, you know how it is with us. I could only nod dumbly, now having even more questions about this universe. The goose paused, scrutinizing me with its eyes. Wait a minute, it started, before hopping back, its wings fluttering. You? I thought you were dead. I blinked. I think I'd remember meeting a talking goose, I remarked, my tongue no longer feeling like it had been replaced by a block of lead. Or dying. No, no, you're not the one from here, the bird commented, shaking its head. I clearly remember reading the file. They double-tapped him in the back of the head, cremated him. They didn't want it spreading to the other branches. Its head snapped back to look at me, or more accurately, my uniform. Oh, fuck me, you're with the hand, aren't you? I blinked again. You're a jailer? The noise that left the goose could have been charitably called the laugh. Technically, you could call me that. We don't do much jailing these days, though. We've got bigger geese to cook. Look, it responded defensively. I'm allowed to make jokes like that. Never mind all that. I cut them off. What in the hell's happened here? The goose didn't answer me at first, stepping away from the gate and hopping on a dilapidated mailbox. You saw that cognito hazard spray painted in front of the old post office, didn't you? Warily, I nodded. Technically, they continued. What I'm about to tell you is classified, but that hasn't stopped the hand before, has it? Another barking pseudo-laugh left them. Plus, well, look around you. Not like secrecy will change anything. I waited, resting again against the cold metal of the gate. Long story short, the foundation fucked up. We pissed off an ancient Egyptian bird god. They took the Judeo-Christian capital G god's place when one of our overseers tried to bail. And they spread a meme across the collective consciousness in order to turn all of humanity into squawking, shitting dunces as vengeance. But how come I'm not affected? I questioned, looking down at myself. If the goose had shoulders, it would have shrugged. Who the fuck knows? It responded dryly. You could have came from a reality where the human genome evolved slightly different than ours and it has no effect. Or you could be like those boxing fetishists from the other universe who were pumped so full of nestic antitoxins it gave the cawing bastard a headache instead. I'm sorry, the what now? Never mind. The goose hurriedly changed the subject. We both know you might not be in this world for long, and I highly doubt you want to sightsee. So tell me, why does this building, it gestured at the institution with one wing, interest you? I glanced over to it, that reluctance to go there returning to my mind. My job is to catalog as much of the World Tree Yggdrasil's branches as possible for our library, I started, measuring how much information to give them. Bird or not, the goose was a jailer. We don't have the same resources or luxuries as the other versions. They were lucky to find me when they did. The hand hasn't been seen around here for a long time, the goose commented. Just our luck that one from another world shows up. I nodded to myself, pushing the gate open and wincing as the rusted hinges squeaked against one another. 
All the more reason to make me hate the place, no matter which reality. Okay, let me ask you this, I said, starting my way up the faded gravel pathway. The goose followed. What is a jailer bird doing in the middle of an abandoned podunk town like this? The avian division's duties are multi-tiered, the goose explained. Either it was happy to talk to someone who also didn't have wings, or it just didn't care about being clandestine anymore. While the others are working on seeing if, I'm sorry, when they'll be able to get rid of old rustled feathers, we'll have scouts that are traversing the globe, looking for humans who are, for whatever reason, unaffected by the meme, or anything else anomalous that's cropped up in the chaos. In my case, I found this place while traveling back to headquarters, and saw this decrepit place somehow still had power. The goose shook its head again as we pushed open the doorway to the institution itself. There was no paratech involved, the bird continued, while I masked my distaste for the sterile gray walls that now surrounded us. Just a backup generator that hadn't ran out of fuel yet. Suddenly the goose stepped in front of me, making me have to stop all my heels so I didn't trip over them. What's with you, looking all green in the face? Let's just say this place and I have a history and leave it at that, I tersely responded, swerving past them and slipping into the chair of the receptionist's desk. Luckily, with just the wiggle of a mouse, the computer began booting up, and without a password screen, too. I slipped my hand into my back pocket, fishing out the reverse-engineered Zettabyte flash drive one of the archivists had given me for these tasks. I just inserted it into the USB port when a feathered wing smacked against my arm. Hold it, bookworm, the goose butted in. You might be inoculated against this bird-brained bullshit, but chances are... Your fellow librarians aren't. And trust me, that crowing dickhead caused a lot of dumb people to spread a lot of hazardous shit onto the internet. I can give you memetically scrubbed documentation from our database. Once more, I blinked. You'd help me like that? But you're a jailer, I said confused. The goose just grinned at me. Yes, but above all else, I'm a goose. And we don't play by the rules. All right, all right, you can help. Just don't ever do that again in front of me. I conceded, getting up from the chair as the goose made that not laugh of a sound, taking my place. In a flurry of motion, it began tapping against the keyboard with its beak, pulling up command line after command line until the monitor had that familiar pronged circle in the corner. I pressed the button on the flash drive and it immediately began downloading as much information as it could acquire. You can call me Agent Gosling, the goose prompted suddenly, jerking my head and making proper eye contact with the bird for the first time. For whatever report you need to file whenever you get back. Agent Hopper, I replied. Gosling snorted. Serpent's hand is as subtle as ever when it comes to code names. I see. This coming from a goose named Gosling, I quipped dryly. The flash drive beeped, indicating that its task was finished, giving the device a quick yank before slipping back into my pocket. Har har touche, the goose stated, hopping up off the chair and onto the desk. Just as its webbed feet touched the mahogany, I felt the pang, indicating that my time in this universe was coming to an end. Just be glad I don't have my amnest. Then I was gone.
Thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, join my Discord community, hire me on Fiverr, or help support me by becoming a patron for as little as $3 a month. Regardless of tier, all patrons get early access to every single episode. The links are in the description. I don't have the talent it takes to write a skip. All I do is read. Original authors make this podcast possible, so credit to the original author. Their link's in the description. Show them some love as well. Consider becoming a member of the SCP Wiki. Upvote their work and maybe write a skip of your own. Maybe I'll read it here someday. You never know if you never try. The content of this podcast and content relating to the SCP Foundation, including the SCP Foundation logo, is licensed under Creative Commons Sharelight 3.0, and all concepts originate from scpwiki.com and its authors. This recording, being derived from this content, is hereby also released under Creative Commons Sharelight 3.0. Hey there, this is DJ Skip, host of Foundation After Midnight Radio, coming to you from the only third shift broadcast for personnel by personnel. Be sure to tune in wherever you listen to podcasts to not miss out on containment news and community announcements from within the foundation.